What's up? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast, episode 93, after the Christmas giveaway. I think we did have a winner, but anyway, um, yeah, we talk about Christmas Day activities. That's what I will say. We reflect on our year. We also talk about how going urban is not so trendy anymore. Um, as far as living and playing in urban centers across America because of COVID and other things like that. We also uh, talk about our year in reflection. We talk about uh, the stimulus, obviously, and other things. Like, share, subscribe. We're mainly just on the audio this week. We had some funny stuff happen peace blessings and thank you very much for riding with us this year it's been a journey uh one more episode to go well this is the last one actually of 2020 and then we're starting back 2021 keep going ah man what a ride if your actions inspire others dream more learn more What's up, world? Haters, all our upgraders. We're back from the holiday. We survived Christmas 2020. You know what I mean? I hope everyone was uh, was nice. And if you're as naughty, you ain't going uh, get punished too bad. But you already know what it is. Upgrade America, episode 93. I'm Cameron Ra. You know, here with CJ, the day slayer. We got to get into it. Got a really great show. Let's uh, go over this rundown real quick. Alright. Yeah, our headline is the stimulus check because there's so much stuff going on. Explosions in Tennessee and you know just typical to twenty twenty madness. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's see what we got on this rundown. Alright. Take it away, CJ. Uh Trump Ethers Congress. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> for all you hip hop aficionados. That's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of went at Jay Z and kind of made a historical rap battle cemented in history. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about butts to faces. I'm going to leave you right there. Once we talk about it, you get what we're talking about. Okay. The holidays with US, Russia, and China. What could go wrong? So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Nashville bombing. Mm. Yeah, that was crazy. Right on, we, on Christmas. Yeah, we're going to have some reaction from Twitter about mm. that as well. Uh, Afghanistan withdrawal. Is CJ looking psychic? I don't know. You know, we're going to dive in. That call. Uh, urban life. Is the shine, the thrill of living in urban centers dwindling? We're going to talk about that. Nice little article from LinkedIn. Always like to peep in on that. And we're going to talk about felony internet streaming. Yeah, this is something that they actually put on to the, to the stimulus bill. It has nothing to do with COVID. And I'm sure there's a lot of people felt when they're streaming while they're on on quarantine. But um, yeah, that's something to discuss. We got a lot of stuff going on. Off the rip, let's hit that stimulus check. Because it's like, right. it pains me that 
our bipartisan system could not negotiate prior to Christmas, you know, and get some money to the people who, who, who need it, you know. And um, as you mentioned about Trump coming in with, with that ether, it was for me. And I, 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 there are a lot of people who share this opinion. That bill was a slap in the face to the American people. It really was. And it's like, we can bring up the numbers, bring up the breakdown, but for a, for a rare moment in time, I found, I found myself agreeing with Trump, you know, on, uh, on the ridiculousness, if that is a word, of the bill. And, um, yeah, let's go over these stats. Let's go over these numbers real quick. All right. So, domestic funding would be $26 million to the Kennedy Center, which I'm not even sure if they're open and fully operational right now. And again, why are we putting institutions over the people? The Smithsonian, wow, last time I checked, three commas was a billion dollars. It looks like they're getting a solid bit. Again, what's the status of their operation? Are they fully up and running? Like, what's going on here? The National Art Gallery. I'm a big fan of art too, but at the same time, do we really need to throw 100 million, 154 million at the National uh, Art Gallery while people are, uh, are, are are starving? And the National Art and Humanities. Again, as I mentioned, love art. Humanities are cool too. Do we really have to throw 167 million at them? And the W. Wilson, Wilson Center is getting 14 million you know anything about them cj I'm, I'm not too sure what what that's about no i have no idea now on the website i'm looking at now they're saying that the foreign aid is misleading it may be represented differently but i'm going to read these numbers off anyways egypt is getting a, a billion 1.3 billion sudan is getting like 700 million ukraine is getting a uh, 400 million Israel is getting 500 million in addition to the billions that we send them every year. Nepal is getting 130 million. Burma is getting 135 million. Cambodia is getting 85 million. Pakistan is getting 25 million. Asia, I, I'm sorry, RIA is getting, whoa, 1.4 billion. And the American people, what was initially proposed, is getting $600. And that's ridiculous. Like, I said that the initial $1,200 was was underrated because at that time I was like, yo, this thing is going to be long term. It's not going to be resolved overnight. And $1,200 was not enough. And now they're throwing $600 at the American people and and all this aid in, in different directions. How does that make you feel, CJ? Uh, what's wrong with politics? And that's why we do this program. <laughs> to highlight how to upgrade America and that goes from the top down so and it shows and this is what I, we, we want to discuss it shows how Democrats move like people keep forgetting that Democrats are grimy too yes indeed and just the bill being 5600 pages is like Say what you want about Trump. I do like that he was brief with a lot of his stuff. His bills is one page, plain English. I'm good with that. 
And that what you mentioned, that 5,600 page document is very dangerous because it allows politicians and lobbyists to slide in a lot of clauses that get written into law and is overlooked. Because really think, the, it's 5,600 pages. No one really has the time to do that and or, or thoroughly go through this. What their main concern is the, the amount of money that's going in. But spoiler alert, they slipped in something in, in the bill about making streaming, illegal streaming, a felony. Like, not a misdemeanor where you get a fine or something like that. Like, they will put you in jail for felony streaming. That's what they're trying to slide into this bill. Don't listen to this madman on the internet. Do your own due diligence and, and look at what these uh, lawmakers are collectively uh, collectively pushing. And once again, to remind everybody, we try to look at all sides of the issues. Mm -hmm. We're not partisan. so Independent all the way. Yeah, like pretty much I'm registered as non-party affiliated. So there it is. But to see, like, and it, it makes me think about other bills that could be done in one sheet and get done and passed like this. Like a lot of it is just political theater. I hate to say it, but the American people are tired of that shit. And COVID has exposed their bullshit. Naya saying we need to read between the lines. Yes, I totally agree. And we actually want to read, literally read between the lines and search that 56-page document and, and see what else, uh, what other sneaky stuff they're sliding in here. But I agree on the brevity. Like, and we, we mention this all the time, that bills should be in language where the average person can understand and at a, at a reasonable length. Like a page, two pages, there's no reason why you can't say this law, we want to do this, that, and the third, and these are the consequences. Like if you can't do that in, in three pages, like you really need 5,600 pages to, to say that? I don't know, man. It's um, yeah. it's something's wrong. Uh, this is a red flag to me. But what's up? What's hold on real quick? What's up, <laughs> Levant 2 out here in Nat Town? I will be seeing you when I can. Um, Thanks for joining the program. Appreciate you. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted your thought. Oh, no, nah, man. Like, um, as far as we could slide into the, we gave a really brief overview of what's in that stimulus bill, the proposed one. Now, uh, Trump did do some pushback as far as trying to get that 2000 you know. Mm -hmm. And then there was, I believe AOC was on board. The squad uh -huh. on board, but not all Democrats were on board for that two uh, for that two thousand dollar stimulus. And the thing is, it's it sounds nice. It really does. Like, I mean, while we're at while we're giving two thousand, why not give three? You know. But at the same time, that that inflation is my biggest concern. Mm -hmm. So I, I just learned a fun fact yesterday that twenty five percent of all currencies were created in 2020. Let that marinate. America printed a lot of money, but governments around the world have been printing a lot of money for this stimulus aid. But 25%, a quarter of new currency has been created in 2020. That, for me, that's mind-boggling. And again, if that can be done in one year, think about it. If 
if that can be done in less than a year, continuous stimulate the stimuluses like that. Let's just say your your economy, the inflation would quadruple if you did that in a couple of years, or if you did it reoccurring as proposed in universal basic income. So yeah, that, that, that's a red flag. <laughs> we do get that stimulus, buying guns and Bitcoin, but you know, got a head for inflation. Yeah. Um, overall, how I feel about this, it just highlights the dysfunction in Washington. Simply put, oh, hi Washington, hi uh, intelligence agencies, appreciate you. Hope y'all had a wonderful Christmas. You know, we still Happy here. Happy holidays. Um, I don't know what else you want to go to. Um, and I, again, you know, I Trump had a video with that on Twitter, and I, I admire that he kept it brief. It was like six minutes. He went down and he literally called out. He did pretty much what, what we just did as the breakdown. And, you know, he really put the flame on... He really put the flame on these uh, on these lawmakers. There were two red flags, though. Two red yeah. flags that I noticed. Um, he he there's emphatic blame on China. He he mentioned that he was like, yeah, and he's like, it's not someone's fault. It's, it's China's fault. And again, it's priming us to 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 hate China or to to put China. Uh, put China, hold China as a scapegoat. So I noticed that. And he's been doing that for a while, but I, mm -hmm. I, I noticed that. But at the end, I do believe he said something along the lines like, or they're going to have another president and it's going to be me. And yes. I don't want to miss him or miss some. I'm gonna, maybe I'll slide that in and, and let the people hear. But oh. what did you think he meant by that rhetoric? He'll Just speculate for it. He will do what it takes to get his way. He's going to make it difficult for the transition, basically. Um, his last kind of hurrah, in my opinion, middle finger to the establishment. Say what you want about Trump. He was a middle finger to the, the establishment in a sense. Because oh, I he told he totally disrupted how Washington does things. That's one thing I do appreciate about him. And it exposed so many grimy things about what's going on up there. Like, whether people like to believe it or not, like, it's grimy. And then we're about to move to a new administration, which you're already seeing kind of how they roll too. Like, you're like, you're going from, you're trying to get a new normal. And, oh yeah, we're gonna go back to how things used to be, but how things used to be weren't necessarily good either. What's up, Harsh from in the chat? IG, go ahead. Nah, I hear what you're saying, but I, 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 I think I can't just dismiss that uh, that rhetoric. And I'm actually gonna pull it, see if I can play it real quick. Congress started negotiations. Just an end. $600 to $2,000 or $4,000 for a couple. Can you hear? I'm also asking Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items from this legislation and to send me a suitable bill or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package and maybe that administration will be me. So we will get it done. 
Did, did you hear what he said? Yeah, he said, I heard what he said. Well, the next administration will have to deliver a COVID package, and that administration will be me, and we'll get it done. Like, to me, I'm interpreting that like, yo, like, if you don't get this bill, a suitable bill in place, he mm -hmm. will deem you, it's like he's deeming you unfit to, to run the nation, and he's just going to hold, retain the office. Mm -hmm. as we uh speculated earlier before mm -hmm. so, so now nah, you saw that too right he said maybe it will be me you know mm -hmm. and that's the whole thing it's not reading between the you know like you, you gotta read between the lines and, and really listen or, or, who knows maybe january 20th will come around he's like you know i was just playing around <laughs> change over which <laughs> all my defenders come <laughs> <laughs> on, man. We're, we're hearing that now. What do you think? I'm not, I'm not really... I'm not surprised by anything he says. And I just wait for what he does, if that makes sense. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's just, um... It's fun to speculate on, I suppose. And I guess it would be nice to preemptively know if there was a military coup that you know and, and, don't say too <laughs> much we might get our episode pulled again oh yeah ran about that man I'm real tight so it's like you know we were talking about martial law last week right briefly but it's like we already did an extensive episode on martial law covered it in, in detail and they took it down man because I guess it was too real. It's still on Spotify. You can check it out on there. But, like, yeah, they took our martial law episode down, man. I guess it's like... <laughs> Either way. Yeah, we, you know, we did, before, we did. The First Amendment is... This is our voice. Like, right now, YouTube is... YouTube, Facebook, all these social media platforms are the voice of the people. It's like, yeah, you can go to your town square and cry out and, and all that, but no one's, there's no one's, no one's there. This is the voice of the world, and, and they want to censor that. So it's like, it really makes me wonder about this First Amendment, right? I, there's no language promoting violence or nope. destruction or things of that nature, nothing. We weren't even anti-Semitic, and they took our stuff down. So it's like... Again, First Amendment rights, do we have them still? Mm. And if that is gone, what will they take next? Mm. God bless the Second Amendment. Feel free to defend it. So, moving right along, we got Butts to Faces. I know you're wondering what this is, so let me go ahead and pull yeah, this. Yeah, that about? So, I found a lovely article on uh instagram i think cam you follow this page worldwide engineering okay um uh, phd student heather dewey hagborg has created 3d printed portraits from dna found on oh. cigarette butts and chewing gum on the streets of new york city what so basically she then isolated dna from the item she picked up amplified certain parts of it using the same type of polymerase chain reaction PCR process 
used in the investigation of crime scenes. Then she sequenced the, the DNA, extracted information about certain physiological traits related to outward appearance, e.g. gender, eye color, hair color, height, ancestry. This information was then fed into, let's see, a computer program generated a detailed 3D model of that person's face. Heather used her work wow. to the possibility of using genetic material left behind by individuals to feed in what she calls a culture of genetic surveillance. Yes. Well, you kind of broke up on the end. It could be my bandwidth, but you said using genetic material to do what? Uh to feed in what she calls a culture of genetic surveillance. Wow, bro, you just blew my mind. This now, yes. when I heard the tagline, I'm like, butts the faces. I was like, it's a new Cardi B song or something. Like, <laughs> what, what's that about? But yo, you just blew my mind. So let, let me let me make sure I'm capturing this right. So this this individual, she took cigarette butts from the street. She got DNA samples from it and using, having, analyzing the DNA for different characteristics, they were able to create faces from yes. the DNA taken from cigarette butts. That yeah. is wild. And chewing gum. And we can probably slide in something to show like the picture, screenshot. Yeah, I would really yeah. love to see that, man. So oh, shout wow. out to Heather Dewey, PhD student out of, I don't well, know. No, no, what you, what you said is like, this is a, a wondrous, but also terrifying age of technology. It's like chewing, I mean, granted, we, they've been doing DNA testing and stuff for, for a while, but it's like, here's the biggest thing with DNA testing, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have a match. So it's like, you have to have a match to compare it with. Now with, uh, you know, you and me, CJ, and all our beloved warfighters, mm -hmm. like they take our DNA. <laughs> they take our DNA and DMT, and they say it's not to be used for crimes, and I don't trust them. But yeah, like, so my DNA is on file somewhere. But yeah. like, you could take you could take DNA and then you could match it. But like, if you find uh, some DNA at the scene of a crime and you have no match, you're, it's, you can keep it on file, but you know, sometimes it's like, 70 years go by and then they they find like a match or, or something you know along those lines but now with this technology it's just like yo you got it and you may even how accurate do you think the faces were dude they look pretty realistic uh ryan real quick shout out ryan uh Ooh. we're talking about how this phd student was able to create your face off of leftover DNA from cigarette butts and chewing gum. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. So I think it was probably pretty accurate, probably 80% on up, at least, it looks like. I'm just guessing I have to read the whole thing again, but it looks pretty damn accurate to me. So, and again, well, I, even if the military didn't take my DNA, like Ancestry.com got my DNA. Yeah. So one way or another, they, they got me. But it's like, me, you know, I'm, I'm cynical conspiracy theorist. It's just like, everyone get tested for COVID. It's like, poke you in the brain. It's like, they, they collecting DNA? I don't know. But again, from a security, because you know that's what we specialize in, from a security perspective, 
it would be it would make crime fighting and solving and all that a lot easier if you had yeah. everyone's DNA on file. But wow, that's that's mind blowing, bro. Yeah, man. So <laughs> that caught my attention. I was like, Duh. I was like, all right, let me put this on the program. So next we're gonna slide to the holidays with US, Russia, and China. Let's talk about it. Oh man. Well overall, how was your holiday, bro? Not bad. Um, NBA, I was watching Girlfriends on Netflix. Uh, it was a little social, being married with my Sweet. fellow co-workers here on the travel trip. What else did I do? I ate a nice brunch, did a lot of sleeping, um, hit up people close to me for the holidays. Yeah, it was pretty simple. I got a lot of rest. That was probably the biggest thing. I got a lot of sleep. I feel the same way, bro. And I was like, I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel lazy. I'm like, yeah, get some, get some rest. But you know, I got to chill with the fam. Mm-hmm. You know, um, see, see a lot of people make some phone calls. People I hadn't talked to in a long time. You know, Christmas is for kids. We did a little blessing, but everyone got cash this year. Cash with Bitcoin. You know. All right, um, that's what's up. I got a treadmill. So all right, all right, yeah. I got you in that, uh, in that physical fitness, but it's just like. The other week it was like covered in snow and I kind of like, I ran in the snow, that alone. Me and I ran in the snow and that alone is a workout, bro. Like doing it in boots, but like doing it in the snow is like, yeah. But at the same time, you know, having a treadmill, you can just knock that run out, do a run every morning, like, you know, Mm -hmm. really great on the lungs. But Christmas was cool. Again, it's, I'm glad there is nothing uh, too crazy. Besides the bombing in Tennessee, but you know, any intel on that? Uh, well, let's, let's slide into that. Do you want to discuss the Russia-China situation? Oh, yeah. Slide no, into that. Ahead, um, what do you what What do you mean by uh, as far as what's going on with that? Let me well, see. Yeah, uh, here. Right. I mean, as far as China, I mean Russia was like, oh yeah, and I cooked the, the lobster dinner was on point lobster mac. Nice. Did a video for that too. So, okay. So, South Korea scrambles jets as Chinese Russian aircraft enter air defense zone. Okay, so this was cool. A buddy of mine, or actually a few of buddies of mine, are still serving in Korea. Okay. And um, <laughs> I'm not going to say much about that <laughs> because when we gotcha. do have conversations, offset concept. I do find it funny that there's this weird interference that I get uh, when talking to some of my military buddies and it may lean towards the lines of opposite, but whatever. So this is saying Seoul from Rotors. South Korea said it scrambled fighter jets in response to an intrusion into its air defense identification zone by 19 Russian and Chinese military aircraft on Tuesday. Wow. That's like a worst case scenario. Four Chinese warplanes entered South Korea air defense identification zone called the KDIS, followed by, wow, 
15 aircraft, according to South Korea's Joint Chief of Staff. The South Korean military dispatched Air Force fighters to take tactical measures. The South Korean military said the Chinese military had informed South Korea that its plans were carrying out a routine training before the Chinese aircraft entered the Cadiz. Okay, the incident seems to be a joint military drill between China and Russia, but it requires further analysis, the Joint Chief of Staff said in the statement. South Korea's foreign military, I'm sorry, foreign ministry contracted the China and Russia and told them there should be, a, there should not be a reoccurrence of that incident. Interesting. So it's like, it's like China and Russia are saying like, yeah, it's training exercise. I told you about that. Oh, you, you didn't get the memo, comrade? Like, <laughs> and Korea's like, yo, you should not do that again. But it is always tense, yeah. you know, in Korea. Mm-hmm. And like every time I went there, there's some crazy stuff. I'm like, were you there when Kim Jong Il was still alive when I was there? Mm-hmm. And I do believe he did an unauthorized nuclear munitions underground test like mm-hmm. i may have felt a slight tremor mm-hmm. it, but i do recall the recall getting recalled like yo we is getting ready to go to war yeah like north korea and south korea are, or did they make a truce they've been kind of flirting with the idea of actually reunification i've heard That's... about that but at the same time they're at a ceasefire for it wasn't a truce it wasn't like end of the war technically still at war it mm-hmm. was just a ceasefire at least when i was there it was a ceasefire but um how do you technically like north korea doesn't have it didn't have anything to do with this this is china but it was still china and russia when i was there it was always some anxiety like oh man like i hope it doesn't uh it doesn't hit the fan like while i'm here and you just do your tour and then keep moving Suck your gas mask and keep it moving. But yeah, to everyone out in Osan, Kunsan, uh, Tegu, I don't know if Itaewon is still open, but everyone in that in that theater, yo, stay blessed, stay safe, you know what I mean? And yo, stay vigilant. Yeah, um, I look at it as posturing. It's always constant, you gotta, it's geopolitics. And- so what, what do you mean by posturing? Meaning there's a show of force like, hey, we can mm-hmm. instigate something or a show of force in the sense that we're still here. We're present. Don't forget about us. Like, we can run up on you kind of thing. Now, so. I have two questions. We gave tactical command to the United States military, gave tactical command to the Korean military in like, what, 2015? So I'm just curious how they feel. Mm-hmm. And again, these are two nuclear powers and they have lack thereof. Like, how do you think they feel about that type of pressure? Oh, you're talking to South Koreans? Yeah. It's not, um, it's, probably, probably pretty nervous because they're right there by Russia and China compared to, they're a little closer. That's a little closer to home for them. It is. So yeah, I'm sure they're a little nervous about that. One. It's like while they have, you know, some of our United States best uh, fighting aircraft and their arsenal, they lack nuclear weapons. 
you know and granted they they have very great bilateral relations with you know the united states so if it's like it came to that you know we have so many boots on the ground there we got the united states would have to get involved with where there's some sort of conflict however it's a show of force yeah but in a reminder yeah i could see that too that's just, yeah that's how i look at it it's um uh, it'll make me a bit nervous <laughs> i think geographically how where russia is in relation to well they're considered like part of asia if i remember correctly like well uh, russia bleeds into uh to Europe, Asia, yeah, yeah, but I'm just trying to think geographically where, but again, world peace is scenario best interest. All get along. It's the main nukes going out on out there. Well, let's talk about Nashville. Uh, blessings and prayers to all the people in Nashville who are affected by this bombing. Throw I'm that out, there out first. to my cousin EJ. I need to check on him, make sure he's good. He's out in Tennessee. I believe in Nashville too. But yeah, so this was, you know, trying to stay up on current events. Mm-hmm. I saw this occur. I don't recall, like, as far as the uh, amount of injuries. I heard three people were rushed to the hospital, but I don't yeah. know if anyone died as a result. I, I did hear that there was a warning to evacuate prior, but there's not a lot of information on, uh, did you hear of any suspects as of yet? No, just the RV that was suspiciously parked yeah. downtown. I remember that. But I do have a reaction from Twitter that might highlight some things that you were just discussing as far as why we haven't been hearing much. So, let's see here. The reason why a lot of people, this is from, so, this is from Twitter. Molly, I think, Death or Rage is her handle. The reason why a lot of people aren't seeing anything about this Nashville bombing is because all of us here in the state still don't have cell service or internet. It's been down 15 hours and all the 911 systems are down for a 180 mile radius. A lot of the city does not Wait, have power. Where? Yes. Where? In, in Nashville? Yes. Whoa. Yep. That's a real big deal. Like, they have a calm fault. They have a, a real calm failure. And then you have the citizens that have no access to 911. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be... If some uh, bad stuff were to occur, the people have... They can't contact the police. You know, and... Um, yeah, that's a big break of flag. We need to, to monitor that. Please continue. Um, a lot of people in Nashville... Oh, shout out to Wolf King 347 Shout out to you, homie. Presidente, um, real quick. So she continues and says a lot of people in Nashville still don't even know what happened because no one has had the internet or cell service. It's complete blackout all of a sudden. After hours, our neighbors came over asking if we knew anything. We we were later able to get access to Wi-Fi and something like that. Over 26 hours, still no internet or service. So this is 22 hours ago. So do you know, so you're saying right now that communications have not, have yet to be restored? Uh, as far as that part, I'm not sure, because we're talking about the 26th. So we're mm-hmm. talking about yesterday. I'm trying to see the times when she kind of posted this. 
I can't really tell the times. It just says like 22 hours ago at the most. So yeah, that's what's going on. That's wild. And this is something we've spoken about in our podcast about, you know, cyber threats and uh, domestic terrorism and stuff like that. You got to be vigilant. You got to be prepared, have contingencies ready for stuff like this. No, because now you you really got the, the gears in my mind turning because again, it's and it, it's fortunate that there were, I, I don't recall any loss of life, mm-hmm. you know, in the incident, but at the same time, because then there's a mention that there's an announcement to evacuate, 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 and then it blew. And I'm speculating. Okay. I'm only guessing, but hearing the result of the comm failure, I would like to do some additional digging to see what type of critical communication resources were in that location. Like, were was that a target? You know, was was that selected for for a particular reason? Yeah. We got we got to scour the headlines of what's going on down there now, because are people like looting even more and going crazy? Because like. There's no calm, no no one can stop. I, I don't know. Has the National Guard been dispatched? Uh, let me see. Uh, let me see if anything's popped up today. Okay. Uh, trying to see. 31 minutes ago. Okay. That's probably pretty close. Oh, they got a name. Anthony Q. Warner as a person of interest in the bombing. Oh, wow. Um, about. Let's see. 63 years old. FBI agent searched his home in Ancock. Ancock? A real estate office in Nashville. Ah, crap. Sorry. I scrolled down. Um, let's see. Trying to see real quick. Special agent Jason Pack told the Tennessean agents visited Frederick and Clark Realty Green Hills office Saturday evening to follow up on leads on the case. Uh, looks like they searched his home. Looks like. Okay. Uh, let's see here real quick. He used to work for a company, I guess Warner did. Said 500 people contacted, I guess, the FBI for tips. He was hired as a contractor four or five years ago for computer consulting for the company. Interesting. So that ties into your comm thing, your comm theory. Then this month, Warner. What company was that? Uh, it was a real estate company, but he was a computer, a computer consulting. Okay. So you were mentioning the motive for the comm failure like connection with the comm failure and I think that might have something to do with it too if he's already in IT or something of that nature mm-hmm. that's probably part of his motivation for whatever reason but to have such an impact 180 miles you said Did yeah you I'm not confirming that it's just what some woman said on Twitter so y'all have to fact check that but yeah yeah I'm gonna um I'm gonna reach out and, and, and see that what I can find on that too. But so the real estate company that he worked for said he was pretty personable. He's 
He didn't seem like a threat or anything like that. If the computer went down, he would fix it, or we got a new one, he put it all together for us. He'd come out once a month to do work, but they also went months without seeing him. He also worked for other companies doing computer work. Hmm. So they said he's been here for years. But I'm curious what led to, what was the red flag that alluded uh, law enforcement to him? I don't know. That's what I'm looking for now. And what type of experience does he have in manufacturing improvised explosive devices? Um, let's see. And is there any information on the type of device that was used? Like, I get it, it was a car bomb, but you're talking mm-hmm. about, like, they made it up with, like, I don't know, fertilizer or, like, because it's, I'm guessing because it's an RV, they're going with volume. You know, mm-hmm. it was pretty, but. Yeah, man. This is um, this is pretty wild. Oh, here we go. Mayor says he would not comment on a person of interest, but we'll double down. The bombing was an attack on infrastructure. Hmm. Now you're talking about IT infrastructure or like? Well, it sounds like calm. So the explosion went off outside a critical AT and T building downtown. Oh, then there you go. And again, it's still speculating, but um. Wow, yeah, it, it it seemed to be uh to be inside some sort of conflict. But just, again, we I guess they gotta find this guy and and question him, or I guess they can then do a stern interrogation as it uh, pertains to terrorism. Yeah, I'm looking. It doesn't really say probably what triggered him. We won't find out till the full investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, AT and T for some reason. They got the gist of it. So we're just reading this as we go along. Um, I guess we'll see as the facts come out, as the story develops, but that's pretty messed up. It is pretty messed up. And uh, I don't want the, again, like I said, we are just speculating. Mm-hmm. We, we have to wait for the, the story to, un- more of the story to, to unfold. And um, we got to use our best judgment and be objective. At yeah. the same time, we still have to consider the results. If that was uh, the expected results, was to result uh, to trigger some sort of uh, communications. Well, I don't. Yeah, like so that makes sense because we started already connecting the dots with the com thing, and then I guess mm-hmm. he's in IT, so that makes sense. But as far as the other questions we had, as far as what he used. But I mean, you can look online and figure out how to do that. But as far as the device, I personally, so far, don't seem like it's fertilizer because I think it would did way more damage than it did. Particularly with the volume, I agree. Yeah, with an RV size, you already know that thing can do some damage. So. Because uh, your typical car bomb is like, this is what they tell us downrange to search for is you want to look for cars, but if they're like, look like they're low to the ground and it's not a low rider it's most likely because it's weighted down with so much explosives and one car can do they can do critical damage yeah yeah i think an rv full of uh high explosives yeah that would uh so i'm assuming he because he used quantity whatever he was doing was a basic type of explosion basic type of bomb yeah but um, ooh. 
but, but uh, again, it, it, it sucks and it falls under the clause of terrorism. I do yeah, believe that ATF, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms now includes explosions. Um, yeah, explosives, and now includes explosives. So I heard that they got involved automatically with this. I'm very confident the, the Federal Bureau is involved yeah. with this. But um, let's pray it's an isolated incident. Yeah. Um, if, if more of these reoccur, I dare say, you know, there could be a national emergency to reinstate or to instate martial law. But, well, not only that, and we've brought this up on multiple episodes, like, we got to focus domestically, too. And we got so much going on domestically. This is actually ideal timing to do stuff like this because of all the chaos and stuff like that. Especially, especially in states that are open compared to states that aren't. Hmm. Now is Tennessee an open state? Yeah. As far as I can remember, I think they're pretty much open. So, I, I guess there's that. We have to uh, consider that too. Like, um, how do you say? People motivated by COVID, like COVID extremists, like things like that. You created a term. Um, but I mean, it. it, it you see, um, there were crimes. There were fist fights that were motivated by not social distancing and, and things of that nature. So it, it's only it's only natural people are gonna take it to the next level. So who could say what the 2021 will bring? But <laughs> I know you had something on Afghanistan, yo, big uh, salute to your military service, man. Like, sure. <laughs> people don't know. And it's not like you, you, can't, you can't tell people, you know, you you can't explain in, in words what 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 uh you know the experiences that you go through and, and I know you were out there so again my heart's out to you and just you how passionate you are about the withdrawal from Afghanistan is uh, it really lets me know you know if this is something you care about so please uh you want to discuss that real quick yeah just overall I'll give you the short version like. When you see what you see when you're there, mm -hmm. you become enlightened and you become self-aware of your purpose, your mission, but also you you put yourself in those people's shoes. And that's the part that got me is when I put myself in their shoes. And I'm like, and then you look at the geopolitical, I guess, uh, I wanna say consequences, but ripple effects on economies and like for leverage and stuff like that it's deep but that's pretty much where i looked at it i just looked at what if i was in their place i feel you and that's a big uh, level of empathy and you have to if you take the mission to heart which is to win the hearts and minds of the people and yeah. um i had to go through that empathy experience you know myself you know in, in iraq just trying to understand one because no one could give us a, a really valid reason why we we're there and two it's just like seeing horrors and, and atrocities and it's just like you have to rationalize it in your in your mind and it's like had a really great interpreter you know and we would chop it up all the time and it was just like 
getting um he took a big risk because mm-hmm. like uh, they always you know do. they gotta cover their face because they know you're from the town and you're helping out the Americans to kill you, chop your head off. And it's less like, but getting to know him was, uh, you know, that was really insightful as far as empathizing and, and hearing his perspective too. Cause I asked him like, yo, like, so how do they feel about us? You're like, what do you think? He's like, he's like, you run in their house, you run in their houses, you zip tie them and their children. And it's just like, you know, and, and sometimes it was, it was also lost life. It's just like, they hate us here. And I'm just like, it's, well, what is the mission? Operation Iraqi Freedom. And it's just like, I don't know, bro. But again, yeah. so withdrawal from Afghanistan, you, you really wanted this, man. But it's like, What's going on now, and is it a, is it in lines with your vision? Um, it kind of goes with yours as well. So Miller says the last U.S. troops in Afghanistan will be special operation forces. This is coming Ooh. from Stars and Stripes. Um, Kabul, that's where I was stationed at in Afghanistan, right. 07. Um, special operations forces. I read like this first uh, paragraph. Special operation forces were first deployed in the war in Afghanistan nearly 20 years ago and likely would be the last troops to leave the country. Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller said after visiting U.S. forces and military leadership in Afghanistan Tuesday. So try to skip down a little bit and see. Do you know what uh, some of their missions were? As far as the spec ops, I'm, I'm trying sure. to see what they would be doing now. Now, probably just trying to maintain order and updated information on trends and stuff like that. Probably a lot more human intelligence. That's what I was thinking more human intel. Yeah. But same time, would you think they're training more of the Afghans? Uh, let's see. Extensively. Okay, continue counterterrorism operations against Al Qaeda and support the Afghan security forces. So yeah, that answers your question. Okay. Um, let's see. I am very conflicted about it because I always feel like there's the perceptive action and then there's the behind the scenes action. Yes, there is a veneer, so to speak. Actually, yeah, absolutely. So I'm just looking. Basically, it's kind of saying like, yo, we did what we can do. It's time to go. Like, that's what I'm also reading within this. Now, is there any mention of, I want to say mercenaries, but uh, private security filling in the phone in that gap? Uh, Let me look. No. And they're looking at a timeline of May 2021. Whew, wow, that's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. The military moves slow. That war machine is unstoppable, but it moves getting it started. <laughs> it's, it's pretty slow. But um, thing is, 90% of the world's opium is there. The medical career field it ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So who's maintaining that plug? 
that's the question. Yeah, that, uh, for me, like in, in in my understanding, that's our main purpose to be there is for the opium. Like, so because Osama bin Laden is long dead. So it's just like, how are we gonna maintain that uh, that plug, that that distribution pipeline? And I guess. Like, will there be another war if it gets interrupted? Who's to say, man? I don't know, but. You know, the thing I kind of think about is why don't they, and it's tricky, but why doesn't Afghan, Afghanistan broker a deal to just, that's their main, I guess, cash crop or whatever to develop their country? And I think it, it's a um, billion dollar, if not trillion dollar crop cash Absolutely. crop. I, I, I totally agree. And I think you proposed that before, like. Absolutely. Set the rates. This is what you want. Cool. We need this X amount of opium. Give it to us at a fair price. And we'll, you know, we'll build up your infrastructure. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll. There's, there's deals to be brokered. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but at the same time, we must factor in that, uh, war is also a cash cow. So peace isn't uh, exactly profit. But um, it's true. complicated, it's messy, but I mean, um, at the end of the day, the feds just want their money. So I'm sure there's a, there's a better way to play. I, I am encouraged, but I am skeptical and I'll be watching. I'll put it that way. Okay. That's so, how I look at it. I sent you uh, that video on Biden's new war cabinet, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, we can discuss that in depth, but how do you feel that's going to affect the efforts? Like the new it's, administration? It's going to be, as they've been saying, kind of their running motto with the Biden administration is business is going back to normal. Like the adults are running the administration now, no longer having a child running the administration. Yeah, but the thing is, it's the Democrats that wanted to shut down the country. So I don't see foresee business as usual. And it's like, uh, my understanding, he's tapping some of the people who were like big on the drone program from uh, the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Fun fact that I learned that Trump has like maybe tripled the amount of drone strikes that Obama did. And I did. and this is funny because we don't hear about these big mainstream media. And but at the same time when you let's just for poops and giggles do a quick Google search how many many US drone strikes? Twenty twenty. See what pops up. So, published by Statistia Research Department, November 10, 2020. The statistics shows the number of U.S. drone strikes in Yemen from 2011 to April 2020. Okay, so they fragmented the data. Mm -hmm. Number of drones. So they're only giving it to me for Yemen. So you're looking for the Obama administration. So what was that? 2012 to 16. Yeah. 
So 37 in 2012, 22, 13, 17 in 2014, 21 in 2015, and 37 in 2030. I'm sorry, 37 in 2016. So when you go to 2017, wow. So it's 127 drones wow. in Yemen. In 2018, 36. In 19, 8. In 2020, that's zero, but who's to say it's, um, we're not hitting other countries. So, wow. Um, yeah, so this is becoming more of a thing. Uh, the, the drone strikes is probably going to be even more so when they become autonomous. They're going to do that same thing. But, we spoke about this. Yeah, we were actually talking about that on the aviation episode, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I don't know. What do you feel about this administration? I'm I'm really curious. This is what I'm curious about more than anything. Are the American people going to be on their ass like they was on the Trump administration? Um, Knowing what we know now, so being quarantined and having access and having time to research stuff. You were saying you were following um, her channel is called what? Empire Files. Yeah, Abby Barton, she's dope. I've been following her since uh, Russia Today. She used to be on that um, news platform. Because I kept bits and pieces of her. her. I'm going to start following her because I like how she does her presentation. But it's like, she was harsh on the Trump administration. Very harsh on the Trump administration, actually. And, but she was just as harsh on, um, how do you say, on Biden's cabinet. Like if you check that video, she was very ruthless and on just being real on, the, on how do you say, exposing the revolving doors, political interests, uh, how do you say, stock market interests, one of the, uh, one of uh, Biden's guy is like was chairman of Raytheon. Has so many shares in Raytheon. For people who don't know, Raytheon is like a leading defense contractor. So it's like, yeah, big conflict of interest there. Wouldn't be surprised if war was on the horizon. But um, we already did discussed before, war can take place in the form of, of many types of conflicts, domestic or abroad. So. My thoughts on, on this administration, bro, again, how, however, whatever the odds were, I ran for president because both of them were uh, a threat to democracy. So I, I think if anything, you know, it's that we have to ma- retain our remain vigilant and, and see where, where the country goes. But one more thing I, I want to shout out is just like a lot of wealthy people are leaving the nation after uh, the transition of power. What do you think that's about? They know something we don't. They got access to information we don't. And again, it's just spider senses and speculation, but uh, my, my biggest fear is that the American war machine is turned on America itself. And mm. um, it, I don't. I don't know. When you're hearing Mike Pence is leaving, Trump maybe you said he's leaving. Like it, it just makes me wonder what what's in store. But there uh, ain't no man. We gotta find a way to, to unite the defenders and come out on top. 
Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. That's what we do. Yeah, um, real quick article from LinkedIn. The challenge of urban expansion. Each day, the global urban population grows by some 200,000 people, fueling the greatest migration of history. But as more people gravitate towards cities, the problem is that we're not becoming urban too quickly and that we're not becoming urban enough. According to author Ben Wilson, the rapid influx is forcing cities to expand in ways that disadvantage certain residents and devastate the environment. In order to mitigate these effects, Wilson writes that we must reimagine what cities can be and embrace innovation to create function and a, and resourceful communities. Hmm. Skyward. There it is. Now it's like, I get what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I think it's because it's the antiquated version of, of the city. And it's like, you ever notice how in a city it takes a long time to move a short distance? It's because they took old cities and then they just like, just built on and it's the notion of it. It's, it's old and it's, it's harder to make that efficient than to build something up. But I could see why the the appeal of this people are losing the the appeal of the city is it's it's going away. Yeah, especially when we've been talking about COVID and people are able to work remote and get big city uh, salaries without having to deal with the big city. So that is, that is a uh, it's a strange benefit. I encourage everybody to reap it while they have the opportunity, however brief. But. I would like it to stay so that can continue, you know, because it's just like, okay, had an uncle lived in the Poconos, but he worked in Brooklyn. So he was making good money in Brooklyn, but his trade-off was the time. He had to do that commute. And he would either have to get a place in Brooklyn to stay, or he would have to bust that, uh, you know, that two-hour commute every day. So there was a trade-off, and it always seemed to be that way. You know, but this is providing an opportunity where you can, like you said, you can take the money and then you you, you don't have to worry about that community. It's, it's a lot of opportunities to be had. And yeah. again, it's not all about the employees because, you know, they're, I know they're they're loving it. They said, like, what? They, over 80% of employees are loving remote work. But it's yeah. like from an employer perspective, the cost and the savings. Like, mm-hmm. look at it and when you look at it, and it's time to reevaluate your leases on the buildings, and you're like, oh, we're really not using it anyways. The savings will be tremendous. You may even want to pay your people more. And, yeah. Um, I think this is what frustrates me. We talk about it all the time. We have the technology and the know-how to upgrade America, just like that. You know it. Because of corporate interest and greed and being stuck in antiquated ideas, and ways of doing things, that is what's slowing our progress. And it pisses me off. I More so than, I, I think it's a matter of having the right people in office. And um, it's like more independent, more young people who can, um, upgrade America to put it simply but if if this isn't enough you know if 2020 isn't enough if it isn't a wake-up call for stimulus bills and 
and all that, if that isn't enough to see what your value is, what how how the lawmakers value the American people, mm. like wake up. Twenty twenty four will be here before you know. And I do intend to run again. If only to remind you that you have a choice. Yeah, I'm with that. Um that's all I got. Anything else you wanted to bring up? I know we we're talking about some other stuff we wanted to kind of touch on. Um, didn't want to rant because uh, I'll be quick. What do you say? Um, Comcast, Xfinity, or whatever. They're oh, yeah, that's the right. idea yeah. of putting a data cap on your home internet. And I get for your phones and what have you, your Wi Fi. They say unlimited, but it's really not unlimited. Once you hit a certain amount of gigabytes, your your service is reduced to like dial up, like 56k or something like that. And I get that because mobile it's mobile internet. Comcast is talking about your home internet. They want to throttle or charge you more once you exceed a certain amount of data. And I I give them a big middle finger for that because it's like one, people are working from home and they need mm-hmm. this. They need the, the internet as a resource, as a tool. And then it's just like, you pay to upgrade it. Like my internet was so deplorable. Yeah, I had to do that too. Out Xfinity. Like it's so deplorable because I'm like, okay, 200 megabytes, fine. I'll, I'll up it to six. So I'm thinking if I more, if I triple it, surely my service will improve. And it's still deplorable. And um, I'm ranting. Again, Google, like all you other internet service providers, come in and destroy these internet monopolies, break them up, provide decent service that people need. No one gives, I'm gonna use some profanity, I'm doing my best not to. No one cares about cable, your stupid TVs that you're overcharging for, everything is on the internet. Give us solid internet connections, fiber, what have you, and charge a decent price. There's a lot of money to be made, but, um, putting caps on it like it's just just greed over greed you know and it really goes to show but um ranted hard enough ranted long enough upgrade america become the become the change that you want to be or something um i'm with you and i agree with what you said with the data caps we already deal with enough caps in life Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Um, I'll say it for you. So, I just wanted to reflect on this year since this is our last episode of 2020. Oh, it really is? Yeah. So, you know, some thoughts on what this year has meant to you. And then as far as doing our lovely program this year. Brom, um, you want to go first? No, you go ahead. Um, I'll go first, man. As far as what this year has meant to me, it's like, this is the year that we did it, man. And again, we, we, we laugh and we speculate about martial law and totalitarian governance and everything. But if it were to occur, I ran for president of the United States in 2020. That's something that I wanted to do. We experimented with the notion of an online campaign, and it became a requirement. It became a requirement near the end of the year for all other candidates to do that. So, yeah, we hit some really big milestones, man. The podcast was great. Got into 3D printed, started a business with that. You know, it's just the next thing's going to roll. But it's been a great year. Did a lot of self-reflection as well. And I've come to terms with I am who I am. 
I am only going to change to become better. And if that offends anyone, by all means, get off my channel, unfriend me, like cut ties with me. Cause it's like, let's not go into 2020 with bad energy or, or toxic relationships or, or anything along that nature. So it's just like, 2021 i'm gonna be better than i ever and that's my only objective to keep on improving with this channel and every endeavor in my life all are welcome there's always room for booms and you know upgrade america this is a movement it's an effort we want everyone to get involved but again it was an awesome year regardless of the plague and you know the civil unrest and all that it, it was this is a phenomenal year but what about you bro yeah, man, uh, you shocked me by saying, hey, I'm running for president. You, you cool with that? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Yo, glad to have you on for the ride, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a ride. I was skeptical, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it, you're enthusiastic, you're convicted. I can roll with that. Um, writing, I think one of the biggest highlights was actually writing our names on the ballot when I that voted. Yeah, that was huge, bro. I was sitting there like, wow, like we're doing this shit. Our program has been very, uh, how, how you call it, like psychic. We've been seeing stuff before it's been coming. We've been on it, yo. Like I see news headlines and shit. I'm like, oh, we talked about that like episode, whatever, whatever. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We were really ahead of the, the game, the ball, man. Yeah. Um, just learning so much. We also talked about this how this program has made us grow as men, as people. Yes, indeed. You know? um, public speaking, like learning how to look at all angles, being more objective, being more stoic, being more logical, while also embracing your emotions, but learning how to channel that, learning how to translate and explain things to people in the simplest forms, um, explaining why you have thoughts. And you push me to do that. All right, well, why do you feel like this? Explain, expound. Um, just doing the program is awesome. Like seeing the little bit of support we get. Like we just do this thing as a passion. It's growing. Yeah. Um, sure as heck ain't for the money. All our nah. zero to Patreon supporters. But yeah, like we love this. Yeah. Um, just being consistent. Um, this year, a lot of reflection. Uh, my job let me go, but we basically, I look at it as we ended a toxic relationship. You know, got another job. It's cool. Um, working on stuff for the future. This program is going to take it to the next level next year. Uh, I'm grateful for this year. Spent time with family, friends. I got to see my fellow defender in the flesh a couple times yeah, this yeah, year. That was a great experience, bro. Yeah, man. Like coming through, you know, with S4 and all that stuff and morale boost. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Um, been a great year. Besides not being able to travel abroad, that was my only knock on this year, to be honest. True. That was it. And I know because, yeah, you did the Japan, and I'm glad you got to get that Japan trip out before it all went, before it all went down. But, yeah. I mean, like, the game seems it's just getting harder. It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. You know, yeah. everyone thinking, oh, yeah, 2021 is just going to be rainbows, rainbow slides and sunshine and all that. Nah, man, the game is, the game keeps changing, but, you know, we're getting tougher, we're getting stronger, but life is grand, man. If you, you got the, the eyes and ears to see and hear our show, you are blessed. 
If you're yeah. still breathing, yo, you are blessed. You're on the verge of, you know, 2021. You survived a year that a lot of people didn't. You're blessed. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like big shout out just to every person who gives us a like, everyone who gives us a share, everyone who gives us a view. Yo, we appreciate it. It's I would <laughs> we do this for you. And you know, just you you showing love like we, we really appreciate that. May your new year be blessed. Come with all that momentum and, and energy to chase your dreams because that's all that matters at the end of the day. Like just follow your dreams and your definition of, of happiness and pursue it. That's it. Upgrade America. Catch you on twenty one. All right, shout out to K Marie, Miss UK. I see you, girl. Wolf King three four seven, and yep. I am Dijon Don D something like that. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, IG Live. It's our last episode for twenty twenty. Um, yeah, man. Well said. Well done. Uh, we gonna keep this thing rolling. Appreciate y'all. Catch y'all later. Boom. <laughs>